with the coach. Man. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Begin transmission of DCAT Radio. Welcome to episode 20 of Geekhead Radio, your one-stop podcast for the latest goddamn podcast that's supposed to be like, ah! This is your host, Preacher 23. Who else is with me who's who's sharing in my pain of Skype and blue screens and all sorts of other hell that have been keeping this podcast from starting on time? Well, I'm going to blame you for all my woes, even though they're totally mine, but... You know, that's kind of my job to blame other people for my own woes. Hey guys, it's uh, Perrin. Glad to be here again. Uh, feel free to mock me. It's, it's what his and this is Courtney. I haven't had the honor of having any blue screens yet. I just get to hear about all theirs. Yay! Hey, I, I, now Clayton, you arranged a guest of some sort, correct? I did. I uh, got in touch with a. Uh, Rather smart, uh, up-to-date lady who uh, who brings to uh, our cast a uh, rather large uh, body of knowledge when it comes to fan fiction, anime, and lots of other geeky topics. Word of advice, never talk about bringing a large body when you're talking about women, okay? It's just, it's <laughs> I was pong. just waiting to see where this was going. I'm giving <laughs> you the benefit of the doubt, Clayton. <laughs> And am, I, am I allowed to introduce myself or not? <laughs> Please, because Clayton's not doing a good job doing it himself. Okay. I'm S-Girl, or for the purposes of the podcast, um, Cheryl. So I'll be kind of listening and checking things out. So um, I guess I'll just wait and see uh, when you guys want me to talk. But I'm really happy <laughs> to be here. Now, um, this is part of our expansion into the realms of more I, I don't even know what to call it basically we decided that geekheadradio.com while it's been a great depository not suppository of our podcasts um, we needed to have some real content that was kind of our own and so uh, you know she's one of the people who's agreed to be a part of it mm, what do you know all part of preacher's vile scheme to take over the world through geekhead radio it's not so much a scheme, I'm just vile. Cool. <laughs> no one's disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we like him that way. Speaking of geekedradio.com, um, Clayton, how can our listeners reach us or find us or contact us or make fun of you? Well, it, well, making fun of me, there are a plethora of ways to do that. Uh, you can either go, you can go to our Facebook page, Geekhead Radio, just search it up there, and uh, we'll pop right up. Um, you can uh, head on over to geekheadradio.com and uh, see what we have posted over there, where you will find how to contact us directly uh, through either uh, dir- uh, directly individually at Aaron Clayton or Courtney at geekheadradio.com. 
Or you can just kind of send us a general note and tell us what we're doing right or doing wrong or get a suggestion for a podcast like we did get this last week. Uh, Which is incredibly Radio. Awesome, but we have to wait on it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But if you want to get to uh, get in, get an email to us, general-like, send it to geekheadradio at gmail.com, and that will come to all three of us, and we'll be able to respond and answer questions or take suggestions. And uh, lastly, we are, of course, uh, going out recorded on iTunes. Uh, feel free to head over there and leave a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we uh, will be happy to get any feedback at all. Yes. Now, as we're prone to do, we drink on the show quite a bit. And luckily, I have a wife who, on Father's Day, which today is, if you're listening to us live, is running out and grabbing me more mixer because I've been drinking rum and coke, and I'm I'm buzzed. Doesn't show at all. No, no, especially no. with all the technical difficulties getting this damn show started. Nope. Um, Clayton, what are you drinking? Are you drinking? Um, I am, uh, even though I've been on a uh, a kind of sabbatical from drinking since we've been working out so much, I have decided that tonight is a wine night, so I am, uh, I've got a, cup, a Cupcake California Cabernet Sauvignon that I am enjoying tonight. Uh, cup, and, uh, cupcake? Yes, cupcake. Cup, cup, I've okay. actually had that. It's decidedly not bad. Yes, yeah. which is perfect when you're a woman. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, you see, I was going to add it's also cheap and available like Aaron, but... Uh, hey, I'm cheap, but I'm exclusive. No, no. Really? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, no. Courtney, what are you drinking? Ah, well, when I was a when I was plunging into the the dark depths of my uh, Eldritch pantry this morning looking for scone mix to make for Father's Day, I found a uh, I found a bag of uh Jasmine Bliss Tico tea that I had forgotten I had had. So I am partaking of that right now. Excellent. And Cheryl, what are you drinking? Water probably because we've only had one <laughs> drunk guest so far. I have Earl Grey. And that's because it's a normal staple. And I started off with coffee a couple of hours ago because it's East Coast. I'm already sleepy. So I'm definitely going to be more hyper by the end. It's very important to pre-caffeinate. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, we're tr- going to take over when these guys get drunk. So Absolutely. By the end of this podcast, <laughs> we'll be the only ones left. Yep. Uh, they wish. So, um, <gasps> yeah, it's... Father's Day and all, and um, I think I'm the only father in this room, but um, what did, uh, anything exciting that you folks have done that's worth mentioning for Father's Day? Nope, just nope. the standard phone call. Lame. I made scones. Uh, <laughs> see, I've, I've got to say, I've got a wonderful geek family. Um, I had, I woke up early, I'm just, as I'm prone to do, and my wife woke up shortly thereafter and and the mrs preacher 23 she made me eggs and toast 
But no scones. No scones. But the eggs were in the shape of the Millennium Falcon and the <gasps> TIE Fighter, which is always... I saw that you posted that. Yes. I was very... The the geeky Martha Stewart side of me was very, very <laughs> impressed. So major kudos to your wife, especially the TIE Fighter. Yes. I think I've accidentally made some Millennium Falcons before, but the TIE Fighter, that, that definitely involved deliberate skill. <laughs> did she use like a cookie thing or how did she do that? She yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she did. <laughs> No, that's pretty clever. Hey, I like that. You gotta love, uh, no, Sherwin Will. What is it? Williams Sonoma? Yeah, there we go. I was gonna say Sherwin Williams. Those guys are the paint guys. <laughs> but... Sniffing paint too now. Oh, gosh, you are losing so it already. <laughs> and I and I got to go see Man of Steel in 3D uh, for Father's Day. So I, I'm I'm sitting pretty. On that, also got the Darth Vader and his son uh, book, which is appropriate. Aww. Uh, and so, it's uh, cute. It is very cute and um, probably nauseatingly cute to non-fathers out there, but still worth checking out. So, if I had planned in advance, uh, like I should have, but my computer was giving me problems, I would have his the author's name. But you know, I'll I'll do Google Foo later on. So. <laughs> Yes, this has been a very geeky Father's Day for me, so I hope for uh, those listeners, especially those in the chat room, I know that Tron2187, I hope you had a good geeky Father's Day as well. Uh, granted, I know that he was up late, so I don't know how much of this he remembers. So, um, we had a little convention come up in, in what was it, California somewhere? Indeed. Okay. Just a little one. Hold Minor. on. Just a little one. Yeah. I, I, I think somebody needs to introduce that. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Doom. Welcome to Skewed News. Let's talk about E3. <laughs> E3 was a interesting event this year. Uh, I think a lot of people will uh, call it the great trolling of my- Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> say the least. It was at the... And fun yeah. was had by all. Yes, fun was had by all. Uh, for those that uh, followed it uh, earlier this week, uh, E3 rolled into California and provided us three days of software, hardware, games, um, trolling from all corners, <laughs> and generally just a lot of really cool uh, shit just fell out of the sky on us. Now I've got to say we did we did a podcast uh it was what episode 2 or 3 where we talked about E3. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't recall, but it was a year ago. Um and there were a number of amazing games that were announced back then. Some of them I've happened to play. Uh one of them happens to be Last of Us, which I have started on my good old PlayStation 3 and I I I love the fact that Clayton can't play it. And um <laughs> Wait, Clayton, you don't have a PS3? He has a Wii. Uh, I have a Wii and I have a PS2. Oh, okay. Lame. But the bonus is, is if you get the PlayStation 4, you're going to be able to play PlayStation 3 games unlike the Xbox. But we're we're not going to get into that. Outside of the big um, hardware announcements, I was pretty disappointed. There wasn't anything that really jumped out at me. Um, I prayed that I was going to see a Star Wars 1313 reveal from somewhere, but it was That would have happen. been awesome. You know, our I own know. Jesse Harlan uh, it would have been nice to know that he could have continued that saga, but who knows? He may be, and he just can't tell us. But anyway, 
Who wants to talk about the highlights? Um, I can do that. So <laughs> we. <laughs> what was that? Tap dancing? <laughs> no, that was me spilling my ice across my desktop onto my cat that I just realized is still in the office. <laughs> So, uh, for those that uh, weren't uh, following, there was uh, one great theme that came out of E3 this year, and it had to do with the Microsoft Xbox One and the Sony PlayStation 4, and it was all about the exclusives this year, and it was all about trying to drive people to their particular console for the next however many years, Mm -hmm. and... uh, uh, Personally, I think this is a bad uh, decision on their part. Exclusives gener- have are statistically show that they drive uh, sales down rather than up. But oh, you're you know, doing I, I want to see that the market share. I, I get yeah. it. I get it. I totally get it. But and in the same regards, I'm I'm telling you, in the first couple of minutes of playing Last for Us, I'm sitting there gloating that I have the system. But anyway. Oh, no. And no, there will be somebody safe. gloating that they have the system that you don't. It's 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 a no-win situation. Everyone gloats, no one wins. It's sad. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, most of the fireworks happened on Monday, where all of the big the big four had their their press conferences. The big four being Microsoft, EA, Ubisoft, and Sony. Um, Microsoft kicked off the day. Uh, extremely strong. They came out and revealed all the cool technology that was coming along with the Xbox One and then rolled into I think it was 19 uh, reveals as far as games. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the big one being uh, the long-awaited sequel for Halo. I'm, get, get, uh, I'm sorry. If you're buying a game for Halo, just... Never mind. I'm sorry. Tell us how you feel. I'm going to wait for it to come out on PC and have no desire to go buy an Xbox One. But that's generally how I feel with consoles anyway. But I'm weird. Um, Now, some of the more, the two more interesting notes when it came to Microsoft, because most of their stuff was, was, eh, it was lots of pretty stuff, but only two things of note that came out of this. One was the entrance for consoles into the free-to-play realm. Microsoft is going to be the exclusive provider for World of Tanks. Um, and uh, and it's less about the, the actual title um, and more about, hey, we're finally starting to see free-to-play games in consoles. Um, which is something that's been needed for a while because PC's been in there for a couple of years now and consoles have been really tra- trailing. Um, so that, sure that's, 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 that's a door that that's open. Console. I mean, if you're purchasing... The free-to-play... Now, are they saying that straight out you're not having to purchase the game right out the get-go? Yeah, it's a free download. Okay. Now, if that's actually the case, that's fine. But, I mean, where we're going with this is just... This is microtransactions through the roof that are just going to continue to bleed the gaming market dry. It's not driven towards players. It's driven towards shareholders. Well, my question is, has anybody done, you know, what 
has anybody done any looking at the numbers yet? Does it actually work? Has it been going on long enough for people to under, for people to know whether <laughs> the microtransaction model actually works and brings in enough money to keep something of decent quality going? It works, but it's very draconian in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I know I don't buy a lot of stuff like that. I I have you know little things here and there, but I not as much as they'd get from me if they just charged me a. Uh, if they just charge me a monthly fee for a game I really enjoyed playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only money that they're getting out of me, for example, is um, for downloadable expansions. I'm not going to... and Right. And that makes sense to me, you know. I'm going to pay for I have that. no problems with that, yeah. Yeah, so I think those are, those are two themes I think we're going to repeatedly come back to. Um, the World of Tanks has been obnoxiously successful as far as the microtransaction. They are making so much money that we are now seeing um, we've we're, the beta thing for World of Planes is out there and we're also getting World of Warships. So, you know um, what? Stop sucking on Blizzard's teat and come up with a new name. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you on any of those, but I just like the fact that the door is out there, which gives us an opportunity to see other things. Um, the other title that was interesting, but also a little confusing, uh, was their Project Spark, um, which allow it's a, it's a collaborative game that allows you to create content on the fly. Um, and they were kind of a little vague as far as how you created the content, but literally you could use the controllers to, oh, you have monsters coming at you? Oh, I need a wall. And literally wave your controller across the screen and you can create a wall in front of you. Wasn't that Tecmo's uh, Deception? Or is that too much of a reference to a very obscure game? Uh, it doesn't ring any bells with me. Right. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> Am I the only person to play Tecmo's Deception 1 and 2 and enjoy the shit out of them on the original PlayStation? Apparently, yes. Anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, I've basically, heard of them, the, but... yeah. the whole thing with Project Spark is the ability to create content on the fly, cooperatively. Um, and while it looked cool in the demo, Isn't they that were Minecraft? very. Go ahead. Isn't that Minecraft? Uh, Minecraft <laughs> would Minecraft if it was done by a real engine instead of some crap bit, uh, eight bit uh, engine. Hey, 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 um, hey, hey. Continue. You're so, ignoring the charm. Um, <laughs> it is a lot like Minecraft in the concept where you can create things on the fly. Um, it's just a lot prettier and a lot more dynamic and fluid. Are these um, then things that the other players then interact with or? Yep. So it's a way to get awesome new content without having to pay developers. Do you think that, but they're yeah, going to fuck you one way or another because it's Microsoft. Yeah. I, I, I'm really curious to see They were really short on details as far as how you opened up the ability to create content. Gotcha. Um, uh, it just looked really pretty on screen. This guy's like, oh, here comes a whole bunch of goblins. I need a giant robot. Poof, giant robot. Um, 
See, okay, that's yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I it sounds of, awesome, I, I, but I don't buy it for a second because nothing against the developers, but the shit that they show, I, I'm very anti E3 this week. Um, the stuff that they show is never what translates into the actual game. It's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. I mean, I don't know if you heard about the whole debacle that Xbox, all their Xbox One games that they were demoing out at E3 were actually playing off of Pentium systems and not the Xbox One. I do not trust Microsoft right now. I think that they are Um, in in um, over their heads and desperately trying to stay relevant. I mean, they'll they'll survive. I don't I don't doubt that, but I think the initial numbers are going to show that they've got nothing to offer. And uh, to, to 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 do a little thing, neither the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4 were at E3. All game demos were done on PCs, Man. period, regardless of who the platform was. So while Microsoft is getting the raw end here, Sony was doing the same thing. That doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Yeah. I kind you of can't expect... demo on. Yeah, you can't demo on hardware that's not there. Yeah, I kind of expect when you when you show a game demo, yeah, I I kind of expect there there's there's little little is behind the curtain somewhere, and that's exactly why yeah. I hate the E3s where they revealed the new hardware because they've got nothing to really back up what they're going to produce. I mean, it's just specs and and wishes. Yeah. So. Um... So Microsoft put out a a large number of really cool titles that looked very pretty. And at least early on on Monday, they set the bar very high. Um, so far, uh, so high that the next two uh, guys that were up with their press conferences really struggled and really didn't um, reach that bar uh, to even pull even with Microsoft. Um, EA came in with, of course, its whole line of sports games with all their new fancy technology, which went right over my head um, um, as far as why we need interactive crowds in a video game. Um, There is a uh, uh, new Dragon Age that's coming next year. So that was probably the the big cool thing that they that people got a chance to play. So we have uh, Dragon Age Inquisition coming cool. out. And we're going to see a lot of the same uh, uh, the same characters, um, and of course, new characters. Uh, the new engine looks extremely pretty. Um, it looks like they've done a lot of work with the story. Um, it looks like we're getting less of Dragon Age Two which is kind of a hack from Dragon Age 1, and we're actually getting a, a really full uh, game this time around, which I think will really do wonders for the, the franchise going forward. And then for all the Star Wars geeks, we got a 13-second teaser for, for Star Wars Battlefront. Which was nothing more than just a cutscene. Yeah. We are... And, <laughs> We all knew that that uh, Dice had already been given the baton from EA to create Battlefront. What we didn't know 
and we still don't really know is what the timeline in it is. So this was more of the the lighting of the torch that now that the Star Wars has been given to EA. So it was kind of a nod. Yeah, and I mean, that's I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm excited, but um, I don't know. I mean, just nothing really pulled at me this this E3 season, and so I'm just kind of bitter, and I shouldn't be. And I'm not trying so, to be the bitter geek. I'm just, just kind of like, eh, so what? Yeah. There was a lot of people that reacted that way once the uh, the shine came off the show, um, but there were some uh, some uh, cool um, games that are that are out there that will appeal to individual gamers. Um, Ubisoft, uh, of course, is bringing back Splinter Cell. It's been a couple years since we saw Splinter Cell, and there's a huge addicted audience to the Splinter Cell games from Tom Clancy. So there'll be, yeah, there will be, yeah, they will make lots of money off of that. Um, uh, uh, Cheryl was mentioning Fast and the Furious before the uh, the uh, the cast started, and uh, for those that love Fast and the Furious and Fast Five, uh, Ubisoft is bringing uh, a, a driving game called The Crew um, out. It'll be available for pretty much all the major platforms, um, which is basically it's Fast and the Furious. It is basically a driving game where you're doing you're you're knocking uh, over banks and doing missions, but it's cooperative game. It's cooperative driving games. Does it uh, have Vin Diesel? <laughs> um, I if you have to anybody, think, the answer is no. I'm not. trying to remember if there were anybody if there was anybody quite that ripped in the oh, in the trailers that they have, not. but I don't think so. Okay, well, yeah. If you have to think, the answer is no. Carry on. Yeah. Um, the one probably really cool title that they have that that they're putting out this year is Watch Dogs. Um, and, and they mentioned that. Um, they mentioned we we talked about that in the last uh, last year's E3, um, which looked the demo looked gorgeous, but um, you know looks. looks yeah, I want to get my hands on it because it looks. I mean, it looks like it's a hacking game. It's very anti. It's very. Um, it's very anti-government, anti-NSA. Um, it's very eagle eye uh, type uh, gameplay. Um, only get an opportunity to play it because it, it looked the story and the concepts that came with it looked very interesting. Um, cool. The last of the big four on Monday was Sony, and they had it, I streamed all day, and the hosts over at both GameSpot and IGN were. Um, we're always asking, was it was it a good thing for Microsoft to go first because it would give Sony all day to come up with every single retort? Mm. Um, and um, and the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> Sony went. Uh, yeah. The uh, I I look at what happened on Monday to be the Black Knight scene from Money Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> Microsoft was the Black Knight. He stood across the bridge. And that, uh, and uh, 
Sony as King Arthur watches from afar as the as the EA and Ubisoft knights run across the bridge and the the Black Knight decapitates them and then <laughs> um, um, and then Sony comes in and whacks off arms, legs, heads. I mean, just, it was everything that Microsoft uh, did right in their mind when they did their press conference, mm-hmm. Sony took apart. said, yeah, yeah, just completely took them apart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, th- this is, this has really nothing to do with the PlayStation four. I mean, there are some PlayStation four, um, software, uh, directions that are going to be better on PS4 than Xbox one. But from just look from the way they presented the games, the way they talked, it was all, one giant let's troll Microsoft. Well, and they were also listening to the concerns of their fan base. I mean, they addressed all the rumors about, you know, whether you had you couldn't share games, or whether you could, um, whether you would have to log in to, you know, calibrate your machine. There are all these things they brought up and addressed in that press conference. So it made a lot of people very happy. It made Microsoft look bad too. And and Microsoft yeah. continued mm-hmm. to take on the the attitude that, well, see, we're just moving into the next gen, and you don't like it yet, but it, it'll be great, and you're going to thank us. Right. You'll like it, I swear. Yeah. But the other other thing they did that was fantastic is PS4. Sony brought up all the independents and really let them talk about each of their games, and they became suddenly the, we are the indie-friendly, we're not a monster, we're not trying to kill the industry, we're supporting it. And that was one point that resonated so well on Twitter with a lot of people who are in the, sort of the animation gaming industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, Xbox isn't gone, mm-hmm. they're they're just, they've got a lot of courting that they need to do, and... You know, I'm not the type of person that goes out and buys the newest system right off the get-go because, you know, you have those situations like the infamous Red Ring of Death where the initial systems had overheating issues with the Xbox 360. Um, And I'm never impressed with um, launch games, especially if you give them a year or two because the other developers have had a chance to play around with the system. So it's just not that driving force for me, and I think that's part of the problem. So, I mean, Xbox has got some time in my book to, to reclaim themselves, but I am pretty firmly in the, I'm buying a PlayStation 4 before I buy an Xbox One. Oh, me too. And for me, actually, the, the biggest news was the Final Fantasy versus now Final Fantasy 15 being confirmed for that platform. So I was like, okay, finally, three, f- three to five years after they announced it, I want this game. So <laughs> Square lost me a while ago with the, the Final <laughs> Fantasy, unfortunately. The what we saw, the, the the play demo that they did for fifteen was the, the it was anime brought to life in a user's hand. It was, I mean, I was drooling by the time the the two minutes was up. I'm like, I need this game, and the other fa- Final Fantasy titles, I've not been a real. A uh, fan of it. They've got good story, but their play mechanics have always been a little. The play eh. mechanics have yeah. been have been a little bit cumbersome. I played, gosh, I can't remember. Well, three and three, so three two have yeah. two different game systems. Three three, I saw the demo. It looks like it has yet another variation on that 
that turn-based play, so it's really confusing. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess they're listening, which is always important. So they're trying to adjust it because they know people really didn't like it. So, mm-hmm. so um, some other wow. uh, some we've got some returning uh, friends that Sony put out. We, of course, we've got the Pirates of Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's obviously pirates are still big right now. So that's obviously pay- playing to that. Uh, uh, demographic, and uh, be the first-person shooter. Soon, I'm sure. But. Yeah, for the first-person shooters, we've got Battlefield 4. It looked gorgeous. It looked fast. Uh, a lot of people like that. Um, for the, of course, we've got Batman Arkham uh, Arkham Origins. Um, we go uh, a decade earlier than the the first Batman Arkham game, and we we see how Batman is defined. At least for this franchise, cool. which, um, which could be cool. Yep, uh, the the gameplay, the, what they were revealing in the gameplay on the subsequent days, was really cool. Um, I might this might be the the one game that'll get me to either drive to Dallas and spend a weekend playing it with friends, or just buy the console itself. Just buy uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Witcher, there's. I know there's a huge cult following for the Witcher games. I am uh, so Witch- excited about Witcher Three. Why does I that love Witcher shock games? Me. I enjoyed um, Witcher. I enjoyed it a lot. Never got around to Witcher Two. Witcher Two, I was a little disappointed in. It's. It was just. It wasn't very stable, and um, I yeah, it just wasn't very stable, and that kind of disappointed me, especially because the books are so good. Oh my gosh, and yeah. Which one was great. Two was a little, uh, yeah, just a little too cumbersome. So I'm excited about three, especially if it's as open-ended as they imply. We'll see. So uh, I'm going to end with, the, with, uh, the, the, with what they ended the Sony press conference on, which was a surprise for everybody, and that was Mad Max. Um, the trailer was, <laughs> might as well have been a scene out of the movie. Um, uh, the title character comes across one of the uh, the rogues, uh, obviously slowly dying, and he uh, says, uh, "You know, kill me." And uh, the title character looks down at him, <laughs> points his shotgun at him, and then realizes he only has one shot, and uh, and uh, man, now nah, you're not worth it. And he gets out and he drives off and the guy's like, fuck you, man. And then the, the closing scene is coming out of the dust storm, the, the Mad Max Mustang that just runs the guy right over. <laughs> um, it's not a Mustang. Gotta love that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's raw. It's emotional. I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, I mean, I, I love the man. The Mad Max franchise for all its good and corny bits uh, I've always loved. <laughs> yes, looking forward to it. So, um, so I mean, E3s, the, they, they kind of have a tendency to go through this cycle, so um, I, I'm sure some more exciting games will be coming out in the meantime. And uh, I, I expect next year's E3 to be even more impressive because the developers will have had some opportunity to play around with the systems and uh, push the specs 
to the limits, but it's usually near the end of their life cycles that you really get some amazing looking games before they do the next system. So, yeah. When are these all supposed to come out? Next, uh, uh, this, yeah. this, uh, what? November? Winter, Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. Yes, yeah. So yeah, next year, next year, I would think would be better too. Yeah, it's always a little fluky when they're like, "Yes, we're going to do all these awesome things. Trust us." <laughs> Prove it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, should we talk about Apple? I think we should. I think we should because while while Perian was streaming E3, I was streaming the I was streaming the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference keynote. So, for whatever that's worth, that is why I did not have the have the blue screen of death when we were starting. Well, Clayton did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I recognize the fact that the whole the whole Apple versus Microsoft versus Linux is really a religious issue, not as much a computer issue. But uh, want to make sure we cover that for those people people who would be interested. The uh, they announced some interesting things in the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference. Probably the uh, the one that will have the most the the most universal appeal was all of the information on the new iOS seven. Did you guys get a, get any chance to kind of look and see? Um, I didn't. What kind of stuff did you do? No. Okay. But I, heard, I, I heard it was very pretty. <laughs> I heard it was very much like um, the droid thing, though, with the rotating windows. So. Yes. Yeah. With the rotating in, it, with the rotating windows, they well with the uh, with with the the exiting and passing of Steve Jobs, who is a big proponent of skeuomorphic design, which is when you try to make your your computers look like objects in real life, which is why you had the, you know, all the little stitching on the calendar apps and probably what I thought was the silliest one. If you've looked, if you've used the, hopefully you've used the podcast app on, on your iPhones, if you have them, there's a reel to reel tape, uh, in that, in the, in the interface, hmm. which is just, it's just a little silly. Uh, the theory is, is it's supposed to help people who aren't familiar with computers and things like that feel a little more comfortable. Um, they've decided we don't need that hand-holding anymore, thank heavens. Um, what? Yeah, I know, I know, mm. yes. There were jokes about no more green felt in the games app. Um, <laughs> yeah, no more, no more stitching on the, on the calendar app. So they've gone for a more, uh, a more sleek and, uh, a more, or more sleek and modern design. But yeah, it does have a lot of similarities to Droid with the, yeah, with the flipping windows. Um, there's some neat stuff, though. I mean, everything looks... In general, a little bit flatter, um, but they've still tried to give it a 3D effect. One of the things that they were really touting was how the icons uh, kind of float above your your background on your phone. So when you tilt the phone, the icons, you know, kind of move and you get like this little parallax thing. Because what I wanted was a phone that makes me motion sick when I try to use it. (laughs) And when you say parallax, all I can think of is that stupid Green Lantern movie. I'm sorry, what? So when you say parallax, all I can think of is that stupid Green Lantern movie. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is obviously the most important important thing that you could possibly do to improve uh, iOS 7 is make it move when you you move the phone. Uh, But, you know, they also have have made some improvements to um, multitasking. So that everything uh, can properly multitask, and when you pull up the windows and the little flipping, the little flipping thing that Cheryl was talking about, uh, you can actually kind of see where things are. Supposedly, you know, they've had many improvements to improve battery life and uh, and 
performance and things like that. So yes, more of a true multitasking, you know, streamlining of a lot of the a lot of the apps. And they were also very proud of the. Uh, They've they've got a new oh, I can't remember what they called it. It wasn't a control panel. Um, I'm looking it up. Oh, I'm unprepared. Live radio. I'm unprepared. Yeah, it's basically a control panel that you can pull up from the lock screen that will allow you to do things like switch it to like switch to airplane mode, um, you know, control a whole bunch of other stuff and something else. They were obviously very proud of turning on the flashlight. <laughs> without having to log in. Control center, yes. Thank you very much. The control center. Uh, this actually is useful to me because quite frequently at 3 o'clock in the morning I wake up and want to uh, I wake up and want to turn on my Kindle app or something but I don't want to totally adjust the, I don't want to turn it on and all of a sudden light up the room and wake up my husband. So that allows you to kind of adjust the the brightness was one of the things that you could do. So that's See, and this neat. just further proves to me that that Apple lovers are a, a cult of just oddness. Um, <laughs> that your ways, brains operate. I, I, I you guys are that. all cults. Everyone's a cult. <laughs> Everyone is. Exactly. Exactly. As I said, the whole Apple versus Microsoft or Microsoft versus Sony versus Linux, it's, it's a religious issue. I consider myself an OS Unitarian. <laughs> Me too. I see. I, except I don't have Linux. That's the one thing. Else. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I don't have that running now. I used to run BSD, but I used to run NetBSD, but that was a long time ago. But yeah, I said I consider myself an OS Unitarian. They all have their, they all have their positives and negatives. It's just a matter of you know which which hell you prefer to be in, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and the, the the biggest thing that I'm not quite sure about uh, is the coloring. Um, I think I saw, I think I saw. I saw on Facebook Joe Peacock posted something he had installed the beta and I think he said it looked like a carnival had thrown up on his <laughs> on his phone. It's very kind of pastel rainbowy. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But but uh, a lot of potential. We'll see where it goes with that. And that's supposed to come out this fall, I believe. Um excellent. and Sorry, yes. I just said excellent. That's all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they also announced some new Mac, new MacBook Airs. If you're if you are into that sort of thing, uh, that's the that's the little the the disconnected, very lightweight, very thin, uh, very thin MacBook laptop. Um, yeah, some better better processing, graphics, and that sort of thing with that. Battery um, life too. Battery life, absolutely. Yes, big battery life. I don't have one, so I don't know how the battery life really was before uh but yeah they were really touting battery life and performance for everything some massive improvements so the thing that i wish i if i win the lottery i'm going to purchase is the new the new mac pros the um the power the power station for the tractor beam on the death star is that what you're talking about yes yeah Yeah. i I thought it was i thought it was probably the, the dilithium crystal chamber but, it I'm also looks like it could be a puzzle box, and if you turn on your computer the right way, you may find some demons who want to, you know, flay your flesh and, you know, that rock. <laughs> okay, I definitely, I, I definitely got to have one now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, twelve cores, also improved graphics, but you know, once again, Apple people. 
Improved graphics for what? Your background? I mean, Apple doesn't know how to make a fucking game for the life of them. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You don't understand, Aaron. Oh, oh, oh. Mac, Mac users don't run games natively. No. No, I That's... switch over to Boot Camp. Yeah, exactly. Although, which, which actually, would make sense to own a PC! <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, let me explain this to you. Okay, you have not seen my desk and all the crap that is on it. The last thing that I have room for is one more box. I used to have two. I used to have two boxes. I used to have a Mac for doing my for doing my video, my video and graphics, uh, my my video and graphics work, and a PC to play games on. It was a nice little toy. I didn't have room. Now I don't have to have room. I just have this giant, huge Mac that runs all of it way faster than my husband's PC. I just like that it's round. <laughs> and it has a handle. They were very proud it's of that. Very oh, pretty, and, and like I can carry dispenser. it with me. Yeah. <laughs> for 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 uh, for reference, the it, the Alienware guy has got a hold of the preliminary specs for this, and they mm-hmm. built their own equivalent uh, system. Anybody want to guess how many thousands of dollars it is? Five hundred bucks. See, I know Mac Pros usually start like with nothing around yeah, four. Fifteen hundred and then seventeen, nineteen, twenty four hundred. Yeah. It keeps going. Yeah. 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 The alienware equivalent of the MacBook Pro is coming in base at nine thousand four hundred and fifty dollars. Jeez. Oh, yeah. No, you don't you do not one does not buy a Mac Pro because one wants a an economical computer. But I want a round one. <laughs> yeah, one buys a Mac Pro because one wants a round computer. <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I get the Macs. Don't get me wrong, you know, graphic designers, composers, any number of things. The Mac is an amazing system. But it just uh, I'm, I I don't know what it is. Never mind. I don't want to insult Courtney. I, I have You're the utmost. Insult- Let it fly, man. What? <laughs> Max just seem to be like the equivalent of selling sugary cereal to kids. I mean, you're just, you're getting a whole bunch of fluff and you're getting a whole bunch of design that is wasted. It's just, it's, it's powerful computing that is not use, well, it's so user-friendly, you might as well have fucking training wheels on. Would you prefer something that, would you prefer something that, like, talks back to you every once in a while? <laughs> no, we got Siri because they're a pain in the ass! <laughs> this is the point where all the Mac users just stop listening to this podcast. No, 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 Courtney is their ardent defender. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I understand um and i you know i'm i'm a windows comp- i'm a windows programmer by day and but at home you cheat I with a mac <laughs> yeah i cheat with mac exactly actually my family my i come from a i come from a family of mac users they consider that i'm cheating with the windows machine <laughs> no i see the i see the point to both but when i just need something to work quickly and not talk back to me cuz i have to rush out the door to a gig and i've got to burn you know put together something for it my mac my mac just does it it just works and i don't have to worry about that macintoshes are like the laptops that they give to two-year-olds there's one button and you click on it and it runs on its own and there's no never mind there can they can be they can be if you want to make it difficult you can (laughs) it's totally possible 
And I'm saying this, I am saying this as a person who, I'm saying this as a person who, you know, builds my own PCs, builds my husband's PCs. They said I'm a PC program, I'm a Windows programmer at work. I, I really, I see the benefits to both. I just, this is the hell that I choose personally. <laughs> well, I guess it's just not in my genes to enjoy apples. Hey, hey, hey. That's fine. You know what they That's call fine. that? They call that a Segway. Ah, Oh, so it was. Well, speaking of jeans, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> speaking of jeans, uh, if you listened several several podcasts ago, we mentioned the uh, we mentioned the Supreme Court case on whether you could patent human genes uh, for the the group, the company that did the that had uh, synth- that had synthesized the breast cancer gene outside of the outside of the uh, the human body, and then we're charging tons and tons of money to, to test people for it. Yeah, don't go um, local this, on this one. That was what? a Utah company. I'm sorry, you keep it, flipping out. What was? I'm sorry. I said don't go local on that one. That was a Utah company, but... Ah, uh, yes, yes. Myriad Genetics, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they... Um, the I believe it was the ACLU that had started the... Uh, that had yes. started the the lawsuit and we talked a little bit about that and what some of the implications were just a little bit a little update the supreme court ruled thursday that uh to throw out the patents held by myriad genetics uh stating that you cannot synthesize uh you can i'm sorry you cannot patent genes that are that are naturally occurring in the human body so your genes are safe you do not have to worry about the the corporate the 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 corporate enforcers coming and carting you away or charging you tons of money for for having infringed on their patent by having genes god (laughs) because i know that the tyrell corporation was following this very closely yeah (laughs) blade runner reference anyone anyone anyway Now, I believe they did They did rule, however, that if you synthesized, which is why I keep saying synthesized, if you synthesized natural, if you found a way to synthesize naturally occurring DNA in, in a synthetic form, you could patent that. But you could not patent the gene as it exactly was in the human body, which is great because this not only, as I said, do you not have to worry about the corporate enforcers, but this also opens up a lot of possibilities for less expensive genetic testing for you know, diseases and, enc- and encourages more, uh, more research. Like we talked about, some of the problems that people had were they were a uh, little bit afraid to be doing too much research on it because of patent infringement. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... It- be good. This this is this is the inherent problem that we're going to continue to see is where science is monopolized by business entities. They're going to look at it and say, "How can we make the biggest buck possible?" Now, I'm all I understand the need to make back your money, especially when you're making investments. Absolutely, but this is this is obscene. I mean, when you're dealing with a, a genetic test that is critical in saving people's lives. You know what? That's not the time to go draconian. That's not the time to sit there and force a profit on people to have this very expensive test and then try to patent it in such a way that, what is it, seven years or 14 years that you can't, once a patent is put in place? God, is it 20? I thought it was 20. I thought it was 20. Yeah, because we're coming up on the, it was, uh, the, the whole reason this was coming up is Myriad's patent was getting ready to expire and they were trying to find a way to extend it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It just it it seemed so ludicrous and it was just big business at its absolute worst. 
You know, yeah, and as you said, it's I I understand you feeling the need to make a profit, but as I've said many times, don't be an asshat about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like make your penis larger genetic testing where you can you know go off of people's egos and and you know just make a profit off of that i totally get that but i mean this is breast cancer we're talking about breast cancer screenings this is saving people's lives this is the lowest of the low when you're trying to squeeze a buck out of that and i'm sorry i've taken tons of business classes my undergraduate has business aspects in it but it pisses me off because it's it's inhuman but that's my liberal opinion well, and someone on chat made an interesting point, and this is why I want to keep following this. Somebody on chat made an interesting point that is a lot of the work that they do do is with synthetic DNA. So I would imagine that it's only a very short matter of time till they find a way around it, and this issue I recurs that. again. I totally this is going to be a, this is going to be a long term thing that we are working out because once again the technology. Has the technology has gotten far ahead of the law, and you know, in in many ways, you know, we haven't you know thought out the full ethics of it. So I think this is going to be a recurring issue. Okay, thank you, Mister McDougal. You do have a very valid point <laughs> in the chat room because I can't say EC Moyagan or whatever. Neither could I, and I wasn't sure who it was. I've even had a conversation <laughs> so with him about how to pronounce his forum name, you. and I forgot it. Because I'm just like, yeah, hey, Adara. <laughs> Part of our old guild. Anyway. <laughs> let's move on to something more fun. Hey, let's talk about digital projection. Bzzz, all right, we're there. All right. <laughs> I told you my computer <laughs> was giving me such a hard time, I didn't get any of my drops set up. I couldn't uh, even get our user-created bit. And it has nothing to do with the rum and cokes. Just a matter of time, Cheryl. No, there. At, at this point, I'm <laughs> drunk. I was sober when I was trying so, to shoot uh, that. Well, we'll, we'll, kick, uh, we'll kick off digital projection by saying that uh, uh, the critics were wrong, as they always are. They always go in and they pan a movie and say, this movie is a piece of crap. It'll never, it'll never make any money. And okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Do they actually say it will never make any money or just that it is a piece of crap? Um, they actually said it... Both. Most of them okay. said it was a piece of crap, but there were probably five or six uh, editorials that I read that, and we're and we're talking and we are about, talking Man, about Man of Steel, right? We are talking about Man of Steel. There was a like lot of steel? crap given to Steel. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a spiel ready for you. I'm on demand. <laughs> okay, because because just okay, the ones that say it won't make any money, they are obvious. They are obviously idiots. I have not seen Man of Steel. I cannot comment on that. But just because something makes a lot of money does not necessarily mean that it is good. McDonald's right. makes a lot of money. It doesn't mean that it's good food. <laughs> right. And okay. then you still have the second weekend, which will show whether or not it it actually has any legs i mean it might die next weekend for all we know i doubt it i saw it i saw it today i doubt it i'm sure it will make tons and tons and tons of money and it might be a very good movie and the critics might be wrong but just because it makes a ton of money (laughs) and is popular does not mean that it is that it is for the people who didn't follow the uh, the news feeds today a Man of Steel set a June record for opening weekend, pulling in $113 million at initial estimate. It's entirely possible that it will make even more than that come tomorrow oh, morning. What was that, Aaron? I said, oh, easily. Yeah. 
So uh, if you have not uh, read uh, um, my wife's review that went up on geekheadradio.com uh, Friday night, I encourage you to go out there and read it. Um, you should it, all it, read it. It is good. I was yeah, amused. It, I it, refused uh, to read it until it, I saw the movie, and I have seen the movie, so I will read it now. Uh, there are no spoilers in it at all, period, end of story. Um, my wife uh, doesn't like spoiling movies. Um, it does a really good job of uh, telling you uh, what to expect and what not to expect um, so that you can make a determination of whether you want to go see the movie based on how you view the big blue Boy Scout. I... I, th- I think my biggest complaint now I I'm I haven't thought it out. This isn't. <laughs> I didn't walk out of the movie immediately criticizing it like I did Star Trek Into Darkness. So that's a good sign. <laughs> I hate it when movies that, try to be too smart. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> there there was no there was no resurrecting triple moments. And yeah. Yeah, that was bad about Star Trek. The biggest complaint that I'm Sorry. hearing from some people is that there was too much. There was too much action. Abby, I'm sorry. After decades of no action, I don't care. I'm happy for it. I mean, yeah, the, some of it felt a little excessive, but it 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 needed to happen. And I know not everybody is on the same page with me. I don't know about on the podcast, but. Um, I came out of that, and um, there was a part of me going, oh, oh, there's one more big fight. Well, I guess, yeah, there needs to be one more big fight, and, and it could have ended wherever it was. But overall, I was I was quite satisfied. It was just a little too serious at times, I think, for what it was. It was too weighted down with its own Christ parallels. Uh, yeah, welcome to Big Blue Boy Scout. <laughs> but it's, overall, I I came out of that enjoying that more than than Star Trek Into Darkness. So that's that's a good sign for me. Yeah, I I I've got nothing um, but praise for it. Um, they did an excellent job with uh, staying to the spirit of the character. Uh, they took they took lots of liberties. It's movies. Deal with it. Um, I can appreciate a movie that takes liberties as long as they as long as they stay with the spirit, and I think so many movies lose that spirit. But as as long as it was was true to the spirit, I mean that's that's a good thing. That's it felt what most true of them actually it. lose because it seemed like at first from some of the previews that you were going to be exploring Clark Kent, the angsty teenager who's out there as part of you know deadliest catch, trying to find his way, and they did it in such a way that it 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 was more that you know, KL, KL or whatever was trying to find himself and his connection with humanity. And it worked in my opinion. Um, it, it made him more believable. And I know that there was a very, very hard decision that he made at the end of the movie. That's got a lot of hardcore fans up in arms because of what he had, what he chose to do. Cause it was a choice, but I think that was a perfect execution of, what they were trying to show at that time disappointed a bit yes hmm. but i could i know why they that decision needed to be needed to be made in that instant is Good. that vague enough without 
without giving it away because you've seen it too, Clayton. Yes, I, I, you, that was that is an excellent uh, description. I, I, I have I, no I idea you what you're talking about. If that helps, which, yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you've seen it, they, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the Actu- uh, the, the the actors that they had chosen for the sub roles. Um, I think they did an excellent job. I have uh, whether it was the change for Perry um, for the for the general for um, so Michael Shannon played Zod. Was it Michael Shannon? It was Shan- something Shannon. Yeah, I, the the uh, the Kryptonians, with the exception of Russell Crowe, I have no idea who any of them were. Um, <laughs> right over my head um i'm speaking with uh, the daily Planet, the 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 cha- the actors choices for the daily planet um all the way from lois to perry and and the rest um i think they they made good choices um and i think amy fought for the role of lois um and she pulled it off yes. really well Yes, and and some of the technical choices that they made in 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 um, the movie. I'm trying. I'm in a couple of weeks. Maybe we can talk a little bit more clearly about it. But um, I don't think there was anything that I disagreed with. I thought that, and and I'm just you know this isn't ruining anything at the beginning. I thought Krypton was pretty brutal, but I think given the 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 circumstances involved, um, it worked well. Still not entirely sure about some aspects of it, um, but overall, I personally enjoyed it. If you're a hardcore Superman fan, you're probably going to have to wrestle with um, with it a bit. I think it just... I think it just took itself just a wee bit too seriously. Um, I hope in the sequel they add a little bit more humor maybe a little bit of the breaking of the fourth wall here or there. They only term, they only call him Superman. What once? Uh, yeah, maybe twice. Maybe twice. And I think you're I think we're going to see that humor with that very last scene. Um, <laughs> I loved how they resolved uh, that. I loved it. I, uh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, this is, this is a 30 second spoiler. Okay. And it's really not even a spoiler. But the way that they resolve the whole Clark Kent has glasses on and Superman doesn't, I'm glad that they nix that in a very appropriate way. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, that I'm, in- I'm always interested in explanations for. Crap. <laughs> <You see it. laughs> Slate had an article. Slate had an article this week justifying that everyone had everyone at the Daily Planet had face blindness, and Superman must be using his heat vision to stimulate the proportion of of the people's brains around him that that caused face blindness, um, causing temporary face blindness, so no one ever associated. <laughs> Do you know what? Though? Best explanation I had heard. People can very easily. Okay, remember the field that I work in. Mm-hmm. People will very quickly ignore specific details about a very recognizable face if there is a slight alteration to it. There has been a mm-hmm. lot of studies that have shown that. Um, 
if he's not running around mugging for the camera constantly and they're not getting full-blown close-ups, they might be able to draw that relation to, hey, you look a little bit like that. But if you really think about it, there's a number of people in the world who have similar facial features to very popular people. So, I mean, it's it's not something that I, I see beyond the realm of existence. Yes, I, I see the point, but we're also looking at it as an observer. So, um, anyway, since we're, we're now one hour into the show, we should probably talk about the, the new Hobbit trailer. Meh. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty. It caused almost as much fan rage as, as uh, uh, Superman, and uh, it's going to be a fun movie. People deal with it. You know what? Here's the thing. Who cares Tolkien, what elves are in it or not? Tolkien created but a she's a Mary fest. Sue, Toriel. I really don't care for her. Really? Do we need her? No. I, I I see. There the, wasn't enough of her in the. There wasn't enough of her in the uh, in the um, preview for me to be able to tell. Other than the, the hair color, just seemed a little weird on her. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's minor. I I didn't see enough of her to really make any sort of any sort of statement to that. Any form any opinion. So Tariel created elf character played by um, what's the actress's name? Kate. Mm-hmm. From Lost. Yes, Kate from Lily Lost. Lily Evangelista. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I can, I can accept that. I, I'm sure that Dominic Morgan had a little bit of um, say into getting her into that movie because if people don't realize, they are a couple. Mm-hmm. Again? Oh, again? They're, I don't know. They Whatever. broke up years ago. Whatever. Not I don't that care. I keep track of that. Already. No. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because you got a thing with people with bulbous nose and underbites, right? Anyway. Uh, no comment um i understand why there may be a drive to add some female characters because i don't think that they even mention a single female character in the hobbit as a book they need an action figure and they'll probably have a barbie doll you know that's oh yeah that's true it's like correction evangeline lily thank you um, isn't isn't yeah, well, Evangelista's a Evangelista? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, isn't that the guy from uh, from Twin Peaks' wife? <laughs> anyway. Probably, yes, Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> we are horrible today. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah I, I warned you up front. <laughs> I see why they did it. Um, still, don't see the point in it all, but I'm just going to accept it, and it's going to be one of those non-factors that will bleed away, much like the elf showing up to the Battle of Helm's Deep that only the hardcore people are going to hold a grudge and and continue to have a grudge. I thought I was going to hate it back in the Two Towers, and I got over it, and I'm sure this is what will happen again. Yep. Yeah. But I would have loved in the preview to hear Benedict Cumberbatch actually say something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so. yeah. I, I I think that once this is done, I'll find that I was much more uh, much more offended by Legolas's shield surfing than I will be. <laughs> I actually have a mental block for that. Yeah, no, that's bad. That was totally unnecessary. <laughs> okay. That uh, being said, hey, let's 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 get to the meat of the show because you know we're an hour into it and we haven't gotten to the meat, which is S girl. Yep, that's me. 
Clayton, you set this up. She's obviously so excited to be here. Ta-da! I'm just having fun listening to you guys, like, argue over, let's say, consoles. It's like like listening to a bunch of different internet threads all in one show. You know, all the different fights. Is that good or bad? We have less time to form our arguments and sound intelligent. We just go off the cuff. So... Um, do you want me to go ahead and interview myself, or what do you guys want me to do? You tell me. I figured Parian was going to interview you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, so we'll do a little uh, lead in. <laughs> I I kind of know this uh, this young lady, and I will call her young because I call all ladies young because it's and you're old. Sp- it, thanks, <laughs> Bernie. No problem. <laughs> old man, Clayton. Um, um, and I have been, uh, I've been following her on and off, uh, since I was introduced to her at, oh, let's see, we're now, uh, 13 years in almost. Um, so I guess the stalking at, injunction has finally been lifted, right? Yeah. yeah. Falling, but not in a creepy way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She uh, she was uh, one of the uh, bridesmaids at our wedding um, 13 years ago. Um, she writes fi- fanfic. She is an exceptional artist. Um, she is a nerd in general. Um, and uh, she loves anime. And uh, I've been wanting to talk, a- talk to her about all of these, how all these l- loves come together and create uh, this person that I know. Um, and I thought it would be an interesting discussion for us here on Geekhead Radio. So uh, why don't we start at the uh, beginning? Um, because only I know you. Because um, <laughs> that's yes, not help us out. <laughs> I know you a lot. <laughs> no keeping Toms. Um uh, who are you, and uh, like, how did you, uh, how did you uh, get into uh, the this world we we know as geek? Hmm. Okay, so first I have to do the obligatory promotion stuff. So currently, um, I'm actually not doing very much fanfic. I'm doing a bunch of original writing online. So it's kind of like the next Excellent. phase of going from fan fiction person. Um, to original work. And so I currently serialize. I have been for about since November 2010 at talesofthebigbadwolf.com, and it's my fantasy um, serial. Um, it's pretty long. It's pretty crazy. I don't want to do that again. But then I relaunched um, the second volume in March. Um, so I'm, you know, fairly new to the web fiction or online serial world, but. Uh, honestly, at two years, I'm probably now one of the last people standing. <laughs> I don't know what happens. It's one of those fields where people jump in really excited and then just kind of uh, fizzle out because it's really hard to write every week on schedule. Um, but before that, so the reason why I'm such good friends with uh, uh, Perrin's wife is because we were both Disney geeks in the 90s and the uh, 2000s. I've we'll done fan you. fiction and fan art. Um, we can put the links up after the show, or if you're really bored and you're listening live, it's sgirl.deviantart.com. And I rarely talk about my fan fiction, 
but you can also find me online and I'll put up that, I guess we can put up those um, links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And why I got into fandoms, I don't know. I think I started with Star Wars, Star Trek, anime, um, Disney animation. I think anything that was mildly creative and interesting, I got kind of attracted to. I'm not um, a hardcore in the sense that I concentrate on one thing. I'm kind of ADD when it comes to consuming things like comics, like manga, love books, um, whatever I think will keep me busy and occupied. So, have you always been kind of uh, a nerdy girl, or did what was your your entry point? I think it was Legos. Uh, how- I mean, like I've always <laughs> yeah! been a kid. I was. I remember. I grew up playing Legos. Um, and maybe this is just something about the '80s when I was young. But they were really big on not giving us gender stereotype toys. So for every doll you got, you got Legos, building blocks. Lincoln Logs, cars, I had a Tonka truck. So I think that already kind of made me a little bit strange. But then again, I remember Star Wars coming out when I was little, and it just made such an impression I could never shake it. So yeah, I've been warped from the very... (laughs) (laughs) So um, you started with fanfic, now you're doing original work. Um... Uh, why do you write, and uh, how do you? I mean, obviously, we've, we've, we we have talked to other authors in the past. Everybody's inspiration is different. What and obviously, writing is this huge, long process. What keeps you going? You know, the best part about writing is I like to play myself. So, as a kid, my sister and I loved to stage dramas with our stuffed animals or even our Legos. Sometimes they had elaborate stories. Um, so for me, it's, it's first about self-entertainment and writing things that I, I enjoy. And then secondarily, I really like entertaining other people. I've always liked writing um, in RPGs with other writers. Um, I really think it's kind of fun. I like the unpredictability. And then the last thing is I, I like trying to problem solve. Like if I get stuck somewhere, how do I get myself out, out of that being stuck? How do I write the next part? So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of fun in its own way. Um, it would be nice to be read, though, but uh, at the same time, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to jump in here real quick. I, I did read some of your stuff, and I noticed that you, in your your serialized novels, you used uh, fairy tales mm-hmm. as your main as, as your main jumping off point. Have you always been a, a big fairy tale kind of person, or is that just something you, you got into for the writing? Well, there's two reasons. I do like fairy tales and myths. I collect a lot of books, um, not just the European stuff, but a lot of the uh, tales and stories from other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also admit it was kind of a, a tactical move, and then also it was just accidental. So, like, initially, I had friends who wanted to do um, their own comic version. These are friends on the art side of the fence, and they were wanted to do some original work that they knew could sell in the artist alleys um, at anime conventions. And fairy tales have a lot of leverage. They're very popular. Um, but then they kind of all dropped out on me. So um, it, it ended up becoming one of those things where I said, I'm going to try and take a couple of these ideas and actually write them out because I was not feeling very um, comfortable and strong about turning it into a comic myself. I'm okay with illustrations, but you start asking me to, you know, design panels and stuff like that. I, I'm really not sure I could do it efficiently. 
Um, yeah, if I tried to do anything fantasy in comics, it would be like 10,000 pages and 10 years later before I finished. I mean, it's true. There's there's some really long-running fantasy ser- um, webcomics out there, and they've taken uh, 10 years to get, get done. Mm. So, since you are a collector of fairy tales and, and folk tales and things like that, totally going off script here, t- very sorry. What's your, fa- <laughs> what's your favorite fairy tale or folk tale? Um... You know, that's a good question. I I would guess if I were to talk about non-European stuff, um, I actually really like um, Korean ones. They're really tragic and sad and depressing, and usually somebody, like, tries to jump out of a boat and drown themselves, but then, you know, things work out. So there's one that's um, called um, the, I think she's called the Dutiful Daughter, um, Shim Chang, which is Korean. In terms of Western ones, um, I'd like... I think Cinderella, just because there's so many variations, it's kind of fun to dissect that. And then also the wild swans, which mm. I, I think is really pretty. Um, it's just an interesting story. And the more I researched it, um, the more I realized that there were so many variations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, it seems like there are a ton on that one. Neat. Cool. So do you stick to the the fantasy genre, or do you let your stories take you to... Uh, other settings? Um, for now, it's mostly fantasy, but I'm working on a couple of other, other concepts um, that will probably be a little more modern. Um, writing fantasy is actually really hard because you have to use, there's kind of a style of you know language and prose that people want. It's very English, high English. Um, I kind of want to just write straight out action. So I hope to have another one going that has nothing to do with fantasy, maybe in the next year. Nice. Um, so, you, I mean, you're, you, you're a lady of, of many talents. Um, which came first, the writing or the drawing? Well, in this case with the serials, the, the drawing came first, and that actually was started probably more in the mid-2000s. So I had prints and things I was doodling. Um, I would show it at conventions, get feedback, um, so the writing came afterwards. And in most cases, that's how it works for me. I prefer to draw some things out. I like to experiment with how the characters will look before I sit down and try and write them. So they kind of uh, help uh, inspire, inform the, the, the characters that are going to come later. Yeah, I think so. I mean, sometimes I get stuck and I won't doodle one because I'm not quite sure what, what direction they're going. But some of the primary ones always start off with the with a drawing. Do you ever find find that once you've done the drawing, there's something in there that you just weren't weren't expecting that then gives you a really great hook to continue your writing? Yeah, actually, the relationships sometimes come out more through the drawing. Like, I'll put two together and I'll go, hmm, you know, I'm not sure that they should be this. They should probably be like this. Or I'll be like, oh, they don't like each other. I could... So it's like you're... And I've said this before in in a blog somewhere, but your subconscious kind of comes out when you start drawing. And so you start realizing things that that maybe you've been thinking about but not able to really articulate. So I have changed things, actually, now that I think about mostly relationships between characters. So you take your art uh, to the the conventions to just get feedback? Or are you one that participates in the, the alleys where you sell your work? Um, yeah, so um, 
this may not may not have explained this, but I usually do artist alleys at anime conventions, and it's a mix of fan work as well as original work. And depending on which one you decide to apply to, some have, you know, no restrictions, and some really are very careful to make sure you you have, you know, half of your portfolio is your ideas and not other people's IP. So um, I usually put both out. I try and see what people react to, see if they ask questions about certain work or if they express an opinion about, oh, I like this, I don't like this, um, or that they like a certain look for a character. But um, mostly it's at anime conventions. I don't do a lot of comic book um, conventions. So you end up with... uh, Anime obviously has a a much different uh, style... Uh, to it than the, the uh, than the than the comics do, do here in the states, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and and so you'll see right. So for comics, you'll see uh, less more emphasis on the poses, um, a lot different choices for uh, content, and then for anime, I think it's I think actually people the artists pay a lot more attention to faces. Um, sometimes to the point there isn't even a whole figure to pose. Um. Yeah. I, I, I. Oh, there's some feedback there. Sorry, that was that was me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like something rolling over your keyboard. Um. I yeah. I would say there's also um. At comic conventions, if you're not well known as an artist, it's really tough. Um, you can probably get by doing like pencil sketches, but uh, at the anime conventions, it's mostly. Um, it's you know it's mostly um, fan artists and um, people who d- don't necessarily have an industry connection. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the, the the people that are attending would is it the is it a different type of crowd that comes to anime conventions than a comic book convention? Yeah, you know, and it depends what part of the country you're in, but in general, anime conventions have skewed much younger. Um, you'll see a lot more emphasis on cosplay amongst the 20 and under crowd. Um, there's tons of teens and college students who turn out. They are there to be seen. Um, they are there to also to? follow their favorite guests. Um, the I would say while there's cosplay at comic conventions, I think the age is actually much bigger. I've seen people who are older with kids and families. So it's like a completely different world. It's like, okay, go to the anime convention. It's like watching high schoolers run amok. And it's kind of funny <laughs> when you're much older than them. Um, and then comic conventions, I actually think it feels a little more laid back. Hmm. So why do you, do you have a feeling for why the anime crowd has become much younger? Oh, that has to do with TV. I mean, if you think about what started on TV when most of these kids were little was like Pokemon. So, you know, we, we started with, I watch X-Men cartoons. I had comic books all the time in front of me, but then animation is now, uh, the Japanese animation is part of the regular lineup. Um, and it's not always. I mean, t- to be fair, there's plenty of other shows that are now impo- like important and popular that are completely produced here or designed here or storyboarded here in the United States. So I do, I do see a lot of Legend of Korra as well as um, Adventure Time mixed in now with that sort of anime stuff. It's, it's actually kind of funny because I think it startles the older fans, but it just reflects the fact that kids just like what they see on TV. Hmm. 
Okay. So, one of the things that uh, we have touched on in uh, previous podcasts with uh, uh, American uh, Otaku is kind of what people are missing out on when we when we talk about anime. It, a lot of you, you say anime or you say manga, and a lot of Americans minds immediately go to um, well, the conservative people would say disgusting and uncomfortable places. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, anime is much, much more it's, than that. It's much, it's much more than, than tentacle porn. <laughs> oh, damn it! I knew I was watching the wrong thing. Yeah, see, that's the weird thing is so people have been exposed to whatever was imported first and the stereotypes formed along that. So it was a lot of fetish as well as like crazy violence. So a lot of people still are stuck in this idea that anime is Ninja Scroll and Akira. And those aren't bad, but those are so out of date. It doesn't even make sense to me. Um, oh, that, 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 that's painful to me <laughs> I mean, because that's what I was really into Anime is everything it. from um, shows about like um, dumb things like high school, yeah, of course. There's the harem shows where it's one guy and a million girls. But there's stuff like, I, I mean, I'm watching stuff about like space, um, the space program in Japan and the United States. I'm watching things about card games. Um, watch one show that was about running an inn, a traditional inn. So there's a lot of really random things that are meant for all sorts of audiences. Um, and one of the things that they do really well that's different is there's a lot of material for older fans as well so there was one show that was really cute that was about um girl geeks but really like extreme girl geeks um it's called princess jellyfish and you can actually still watch it on funimation and it's fantastic you would never see that show on the united states you would never see that made here because they think that kids here just want to watch um, shows about girls who dress up and like go to prom. You know, they don't really respect the audience. Yeah, that's that I can definitely agree with without a doubt. So, uh, when did you discover anime, and what draw drew you to it? Well, I think you know I probably was watching it when I was little and never realized it, um, or I was watching shows are animated by Japanese studios and never understood um, that that's where it came from. But I think the first really big initiation was the Ghibli films. And the first one my friend showed me in college was My Neighbor Totoro. And I was like, oh my god, that's my sister and I. And I just, I couldn't get over it. I loved, I loved it. It was so strange. I mean, you have this big fuzzy monster that shows up outside and, you know, I couldn't even explain it because it, it doesn't even make sense, you know, when you try and um, synopsize it. But after that, I was like, wow, this is really different from Disney. And then after that, I start, kept going, kept trying to find more. My friends kept showing me more. And um, eventually, I kind of, you know, as the whole Disney animation thing kind of stagnated, I ended up just keep going with anime. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the one thing that, that I have to say to our casual listeners who've never watched anime or only have a very passing knowledge of it, is they're willing to take risks in a lot of ways that um, American animation just has never bothered to do. And if anything, if you're interested in some crazy-ass shit, um, <laughs> Japan yeah. is... 
is basically the the <laughs> I have no other way to put it other than Japan is culpable for most of the crazy ass shit out there and <laughs> is either absolutely ridiculous or absolutely brilliant and it takes a little bit to to navigate through it. Yeah, and I actually I know I've heard um, a couple of the American Otaku recommendations, and she's given you guys some really good, good ones. But I, there's so much stuff right now that you know that's really good to watch. And if any of you are looking for a new show, I wanted to make sure you looked it up. Um, one's on Crunchyroll, mm-hmm. and it's called Attack on Titan, and that is kind of a really gross premise, but that's what right now everyone i know whether girl or guy old or young is watching that show what is it about? it is an awesome, it is an awesome show okay i i used to watch a lot of anime and i've kind of fallen behind in a couple of years in the last couple of years so okay if you can do it without without it being spoilery what is the gross premise um humanity is nearly extinct it appears that they've been hunted um to to the brink of extinction by these large monsters that are humanoid but sexless, and they call them titans. Um, it starts out as like, oh, a coming-of-age tale of, you know, the three characters, the little kids who whose town is destroyed in the first episode, and they're totally horribly traumatized. But then it becomes a much deeper conspiracy story, and the anime's a little behind the manga, but it's really messed up. I mean, uh, to the <laughs> point that I enjoy it, I was like, whoa, you know, it, it really... It's really sinister, and it's really just visceral. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, it doesn't hurt that it's production IG who animates it. They're responsible for, responsible for Ghost in the Shell. You have a fantastic uh, composer who is well-known and respected, and it's, it's really good. It's really an amazing show. I think everyone I know just sits there and tweets when it comes on. We start talking about it. Um, for those right, who don't want to watch something out. so scary, though, there's um, also on Funimation.com, Psychopaths. And that's also by Production IG, I believe. Um, and it's a little bit futuristic. And it's got another messed up presence. So I figured those are probably what most people who you know listen to the podcast like. But if anyone wants a much easier show... Um, I told Clayton that he's a big space fan. He needs to watch Space Brothers, which is on Crunchy as well. Yeah, I watched the first episode uh, today. Uh, yeah, that'll, that's going to be fun to, to follow. Yeah, and that one's actually safe to show family because um, it's about two brothers and how the younger one pushes the older um, to pursue his dreams. And it's really grounded in, you know, real science information so for people who are like are space geeks this is this is going to make you happy now one thing i have to ask here is because one of our listeners in the chat room has actually brought this up um are you familiar with valve rave yeah so i don't watch it just because i only can handle four shows i know i have a friend who's watching it she likes it she's stick she's still sticking with it okay i was gonna ask what the premise is so (laughs) Well, that, I think it's mecha-based, but I'm not entirely sure. I have to go back and look at my notes on that. Well, I guess, uh, I guess a future podcast discussion. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Or giant robots. Yeah. yeah. With conspiracy. It probably has some kind of conspiracy. Because <laughs> the Japanese are all about that. <laughs> if it's not tentacle porn, it's conspiracies. Oh, they like trolling. I mean, every show likes trolling at this point. <laughs> Okay, well, excellent. So, so a lot of these these animes um, that that you're recommending are things that you plan on 
um, I'm being very presumptuous here, but writing on <laughs> Geek Ed Radio about to try and expose <laughs> our writers to, our listeners to, excuse me. Hmm. I'll have to, well, I'd like to know what they kind of like. If if I hear a bunch of them like the violent sort of conspiracy stuff, I'll write up that. Um, I don't know if they'll appreciate some of my other recommendations, which uh, Who cares? I mean, write write your, your recommendations. I mean, that's part of the thing is, is not necessarily pandering to what's already out there, is, but to what is going to expose people to something new. And that's that's kind of the entire mission of this podcast. Absolutely. Being a geek is about sharing what you are passionate about. So please share with us what you your own personal recommendations. Yes. Yeah, we want what it's all about exposing people to what's fun and getting them out there because a lot of people have retreated into their shells because of the way they've been treated over the years and we want to give them an opportunity to hey, here's some stuff um to check out. Oh, you like Batman? Um Big O. One of your recommendations. Oh uh, gosh, that's old too. Yeah, and that's that actually old. still. I, it, I actually know what that is, so that that says it's old. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that is a super a, a super fun um, uh, anime. I mean, it is uh, um, a little conspiracy theorist. Uh, it's a lot of detective work. It's it is a good fun over the top show. Well, I am excited because I have had such a disconnect from anime, and I have mentioned it numerous times before. It's it's not that I'm not interested in anime. I just don't know where to start. And so more and more people telling me, hey, check this out, you know, see this series, that gets me interested. I mean, I'm I'm so old school that I am the Akira guy. I am the Ninja Scroll guy. I am... <laughs> The most recent anime I watched was Macross Plus, and that is still Whoa. 20 oh, years dear. old. Oh, dear. But I saw that recently. Here, huh? <laughs> so I need, I need exposure, big time, to good things, because people don't need to be exposed to me anymore. So, Battleship Yamamoto! <laughs> okay, that's old. <laughs> well, they're, 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 they're rebooting it. Yeah, that's the only reason. That's the, only reason. that's the only reason I brought it up, is that was, that was my first... Uh, anime, and I, I we spoke about it a couple episodes ago that it's relaunching, and, I, and that's the one thing I'm really excited about. Wow, I might have watched anime since you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I watch I watch Macross Plus because it was on Hulu. So I mean, that's a good that that's a good place, and and I also saw one of my old classics, Bubblegum Crisis. So I mean, I'm I am so oh, yeah. old school. I need new stuff. Because I do hold that old prejudice of the the Pokemon era. I watched it for a little bit. Don't ask me why, but I just did. And I was kind of like, okay, I can see why the kids are into it. And it bored me so quickly. And then that was all there was. And there was a little bit of hope. While you were watching it. No shit. There was a little bit of hope in 1999. But it is meant for kids. That's the thing is. I mean, in 1999, I think it was 1999, they showed Escaflone on, um, oh, on Fox, mm-hmm. and I yeah, was really stuff. getting into it, and they killed it. Well, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I, 
I knew about Cowboy Bebop, for example, and my brother-in-law is obsessed with it. And I want to watch these shows, but I just don't know how to connect with them. So that's what I feel we need with Geekhead Radio is is more of a incentive. You know, not just like, dude, you got to watch it. Why? Because it's cool. You know, why is it cool? Why do we need to check it out? So this is awesome. And yes, Fox has killed every. I, I know I'm making things up. Uh, um, no, 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 Google. no. You're right. Because what they did <laughs> is they played episode two before one, retold the whole story. They messed it up. They really killed it. It was not really. Um, a lot of the hardcore fans are really mad. Well, I'm I'm going to dig it up one of these days. Um, I mean, I come from the old school of trying to having to spend thirty dollars for a VHS tape for about two or three episodes if I'm lucky. So. Finding stuff online is, is, is good for me. Yeah, and I noticed that um, you guys haven't mentioned Funimation.com, so I want to mention them again because they are they, a lot of their shows are available subtitled um, pretty close to when it's being aired in Japan. So oh, rather than get involved with anything that's illegal, you guys can watch it there. You can stream it for free. Um, I would suggest it just because you don't want to just be stuck with Crunchyroll. Which is has a lot of great shows, but Funimation has great shows too. Do they show whole series, or do they? I, several years ago, they played Funimation on uh, Comcast on Demand, mm-hmm. and I got watching a couple different series: um, uh, Red Garden, uh, which I just loved, and there was one about something about a rose. I can't remember. At any rate, and what they did, <laughs> what they had a tendency to do, is they would play all but like the last DVDs worth. Yeah, and then try to charge you, you know, forty five bucks for that one DVD. And it oh, totally they didn't do that. No, I, I don't so, think they do that anymore because it's, it's a losing battle with with the fan subbers. So, uh-huh. um, and the best thing about Funimation and Crunchy now is that they are trying to get the shows up within twenty four hours of them airing Ooh. in Japan. So, wow, I, I think it's great, and their subtitles are good too. And um, the Crunchy does have a firewall; they make you wait a few more days if you're not a subscriber. I think Fun- Funimation tries not to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've got another avenue of anime coming in through Geekhead Radio, so thank you so much, Shirley. Sure. And uh, well, I think we we'll need to, to wrap this up. Some more on other topics later. Yeah, yeah. we're we're pushing yes. we're pushing the ninety plus minutes here on Father's Day. So. <laughs> but you're still here. That's the good news. Yes, you're not- exactly. And even more people <laughs> downloaded at this point. So we've. So remember, uh, check out Funimation. I've already uh, favorited it. And um, and also, I have to say one thing, too, on a totally unrelated note. We had another listener who brought who has now started a new listener bit um, on Kickstarter. And so we had a little bit of technical difficulties prior to the airing of this episode. So we will be playing that in two weeks when we come back. So thank you, Brew, as you like to go. Bye. And are we going? Are we going to uh, go with the uh, recommendation uh, that uh, came in? The suggestion on our next subject? Well, or I think, are we going to keep that up in the air? I think we need to. Um, I think we need to visit it, no matter what. Um, we did talk about it uh, last year. Um, convention season is in full swing here, and one of our listeners, Outlaw Night Zero, who has been in the chat room a number of times, asked us to discuss conventions and 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 how to survive conventions. Because I'll say this much: as things are panning out, we're trying to work things out. Where at least two of the hosts of Geekhead Radio, Courtney and I, primarily, um, 
will be at the Salt Lake Comic Con in some capacity. We're hoping. We're hoping. And uh, that you know they just got William Shatner and they've got Darth Maul there, Ray Park, and and I'm 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 watching the Facebook feed. So check out the Salt Lake uh, Comic Con if you're one of our West Coast U.S. listeners, and um, we'll try to be roaming the floor in some capacity or another. And uh, there is a good chance, too, that Joe Peacock's going to get the art of Akira there, too. I know that I've helped facilitate some communication between them and the organizers, so. Yay! I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. So keep an ear out for that. So at this point, I think we should wrap things up. So um, did did we mention that we're on, on Twitter? Uh, no, we didn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we probably should do that. Uh, because if, uh, I actually tweeted something this week. Oh my oh! God. Did. I did. I did. You missed it. I, I would have to dig through it, but I would find it as quickly as I possibly could. I know I tweeted a few things to you. Remember, um, Courtney's got this whole little uh, thing going on where, um, you know, if you tweet her a possible outro her yes her tweet her me off. at geekhead court give me something to say at the end we're doing a contest the best uh the best submission gets a t- gets a t-shirt right now the only one that have that has submitted anything is aaron and while they <laughs> made me laugh greatly i don't think he's eligible to win i don't know i, I i'm i'm all for an extra shirt <laughs> You know, we had we had Mindy Zimmerman win our last contest, um, and uh, we would like to see other people win contests as well. So please, please, try and get her to come up with something creative. So, and and then and then and then you know, Clayton on uh, Geekhead Clayton has been a lot more active in Twitter thanks to the prompting of Cheryl, and so. Thank you very much. Um, and, and it's great, too, because he's not just being followed by porn bots anymore. <laughs> and I've only been banned from Twitter once. <laughs> Have you really? Yes. <laughs> oh, naughty. Oh, this for, is why you uh, spread for... things out. I've told you this. Yeah, and my mission is to actually get Clayton... Uh, uh, Arparian tweeting a lot more, so we'll see. I'll just keep tweeting random things at him. There we go. You, you could, you should probably, if you did a, if you did a Twitter, a Twitter tutorial, you know what is worth tweeting. I bet I could find a lot of people that would be interested. I was involved in a Facebook conversation with people that this weekend, so <laughs> totally do. You know what, what to tweet lessons. <laughs> oh boy! Actually, it's just fun to scream. I like this. I like. Don't like this. It's you'll you'll be surprised what kind of reactions you get. So people love to talk fan geek stuff online. So embrace it. Yep. Yeah. All right. And uh I think at this point we should just say hey, thank you for episode 20, our first episode in year 2 of Geekhead Radio. And this is Preacher 23 telling you don't just embrace your inner geek. Go to the sex shop, find some fun lube and make love to it. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Oh and a little, oh. little creative embellishment there. Yes. And, you know, I just can't say mine without it getting any worse, so I'm going to pass it to Courtney. No, you must say it. 
Ah, yes. This, thank you for joining us. This has been Courtney. Tweet me at Geekhead Court at hashtag sign off. Give me something to say that's better than that. <laughs> and, uh, Good night, folks. You know, yeah. I mean, Bye. Thanks for, you know, because Clayton won't say it. Thanks for getting out of Geekhead. Permanent <laughs> transmission of Geekhead Radio. Thank you.